Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, welcome back to the Ringcast Live, the Chicago Ringcast for TheRink.com. My name is Andy Campbell. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. I'm here with my good buddies, the Bardo and Sean Fitzgerald. How are you, everybody? We're here to talk some Blackhawk hockey tonight. Um, coming off their win in Detroit. Quick shout out to our sponsors. Puck Hockey, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Use discount code THERINK in all caps for 10% off. 100 bucks gets you a free t-shirt, so feel free to check it out. Get some good swag. How are you guys tonight? What's going on? It's been a couple weeks since our, my basement buddies, we've been hanging out here. Uh, what have you? Sean, what's the good word? How you been? I've been good. Uh, the month of January is a birthday extravaganza for me. Uh, last right. Friday, last... Last week, uh, my mom's birthday was the 18th, and then my wife's birthday was the 21st. So three birthdays in the month of January for me. Excellent. Well, happy birthday to all the Fitzgeralds out there, and um, hope you are all doing well and you are healthy. And uh, tell us about the lid. Why are we wearing Phillies tonight? So um, Juliana Nakach, I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. I apologize if I butchered it. Um, that's just I'd be, su- I'd be surprised. Normally you're really good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's 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 uh you know it's for me to mess up a name. It was uh given uh, former rink rat here, uh member of the rink is now the social media coordinator for the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, is, Jules. Which is Hi. awesome, really cool. Big um time. and so in honor of that, I wore um the Philadelphia Phillies blue with the red. Here, uh, the 2008 World Series champs hat. I bought it when I was in Philly um, several years ago, and I went to Citizens Bank Park and saw the Phillies get trounced by the New York Yankees. Uh, Jay Garrietta was on the bump for the Phils, and oh. Luis Severino was on the bump for the Yankees. Wow. So, uh, Philadelphia, if you, if you have a, a great city, a lot of history, I highly recommend visiting. I will be back soon because we do have some family in the suburbs out there. Awesome. There is a story behind every single one of the domes yep. that Sean Fitzgerald's had, and usually they're pretty good, and they revolve around sports, which is awesome. And the Bardo is here. Bard, how, how are we doing, my friend? What's going on? Welcome back. Good to see you. Likewise. Do it fantastic. My Chiefs are about to play in the AFC Championship game. So I guess I have one sports team that's doing, you know, pretty well. So uh, we look forward to that on Sunday. But um, that's it. Yeah, all good. Yeah. Hey, uh, at least you got one. At least you got one. Yeah, uh, they uh, are Chicago they accomplished something in seventeen. Was it seventeen seconds? I believe thirteen seconds. Thirteen seconds. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Thirteen seconds. Pretty tough to beat. The NFL was wacky last yeah. weekend. Every game was so bloody exciting. And so, uh, you know, the teams that are remaining in the NFL obviously are all excellent. And while we continue to be in this search for excellent in Chicago, we haven't really found it yet, though the Hawks may have deceived their fan base a little bit last night with a 7-5 to win in Detroit. Uh, the former, former rivals of the Chicago Blackhawks it just doesn't seem to carry as much weight anymore, which is very, very sad. Gary Bettman decided to ship them off to a new conference. And two very close rivals uh, that kind of dissolved a little bit. That said, Hawks win 7-5. excuse me, with that empty netter by uh, Debrinkies. And a um, lot going on in Chicago these days. A lot of news. And what's happening? They're opening up. But here we go. We, we think that Kyle Davidson is going to be the guy to take us in, the interim general manager, at least we thought through the rest of the season, taking it into the deadline. And then Danny Wirtz drops a bomb on everybody yesterday, and they are in the midst of a general manager search and believe that they're going to find who they're looking for before the trade deadline. So Kyle Davidson is still your acting GM, so he's still free to make moves as he please. Please is. He's also interviewing to be the general manager, but now they're conducting interviews right now, and they're saying they're interviewing some hockey people, some non-hockey people, which is actually really good. Get some fresh blood in there. What are we thinking, Bart? Are we going to go to you first? What are do we think Davidson has a shot here? Is he going to? I do moves? actually. I okay. do. And and if you guys remember yesterday in the um, in the chat that we we you know all you know mess around in, um, one of the first thing I said was 
you know, I think Davidson's going to get this job. And someone had said in response, well, they said that they were looking outside the organization. So it sounds like it's not. Well, they could look outside the organization, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to get the job. And there's a good chance that they may bring somebody in to sort of be his right hand mentor, whatever it is, sort of an outside perspective. You know, much like you bring in an assistant coach who, you know, like a Mark Crawford, who has been a head coach and is experienced and is going to be there to, um, you know, hold the hand and, and support, you know, the younger head coach. So to me, I mean, and, and the logic that I was trying to use on this was, you know, th- this person is going to be brought in before the trade deadline. And how is that person? Yes, they're going to have a fresh perspective, but they're not going to be watching everything. They're not going to know everything and what to do in a one to two week span. So to me, I think having that person, a fresh person, be a number one guy to me is a little bit tough, but maybe be the right hand of um, uh, of Kyle Davidson. I think that to me makes more sense. So I, I actually am leaning today towards Kyle becoming the full time GM. Yeah. Yeah, I feel similarly. I think that that some people on our chat group did not feel that way because they kind of said, no, 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 no. After everything that's happened with the Hawks, it's time to go outside the organization here. And they, they for optics sake, they can't just continue business as usual. They got to get fresh blood in there. Sean, what's your take on that? What's your take on this whole GM search? So um, <clears throat> funny, before we jumped on here, I actually read Scott Powers' uh, athletic piece on uh, Kyle Davidson being the logical choice for general manager. And yeah. I, I agree with Bard. Like if they're going to bring somebody in outside the organization, how are they going to be? It, it, the trade deadline is still going to be all Kyle Davidson because right. if you bring somebody in from outside the organization, there's no way they can assess every asset or, you know, everything that the Blackhawks have inventory wise in terms of players in a two week span. Also, um, what Powers kind of brought up is Kyle Davidson is bringing a different approach to the organization. Uh, prior to prior to Kyle Davidson taking over as interim general manager, uh, Stan Bowman would rush prospects up to the NHL and kind of hurt their development. And in the case like uh, Dylan Sakura, destroy his confidence and probably his chances of being an NHL player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that Kyle Davidson is taking that approach. And kind of, I think Kyle Davidson probably should be the general manager, but like Bard is saying, maybe they do co-general managers or they bring in a president or somebody like that to kind of give an outside perspective. Davidson, I guess, is from what I've read, highly regarded in the organization. Even if he doesn't get the general manager job, according to Mark Lazarus, he's still going to be within the front office. I guess he cut his teeth as a scout. Like he, he was a scout for them for a while because he didn't play hockey at a really high level. Like he didn't play in the in major junior. He might have played major juniors, but he didn't play in like the AHL or the ECHL or anything like that. So he's highly regarded around the league. He seems like he gets it. And yeah. what I mean by that is he understands some of the failings of the organization in the past, like rushing prospects up. Uh, like I think Derek King was made the head coach because a Jeremy Colleton was terrible. But Jeremy Colleton also never developed anyone. Derek King has been an AHL coach, and part of an AHL coach's job is to develop players. Like mm-hmm. not only do they have like fringe NHL guys, career AHL guys, they also have maybe not top prospects, but they have prospects in their organization on those teams that you want to try to develop into NHL players. And I think that was another shrewd move by Davidson going with yep. um, Derek King as opposed to a Mark Crawford or something like that. So yeah, I think Davidson probably will be the guy. Um, this is kind of an outside thing. If they don't go with Cal Davidson or they do make him the GM, why not Theo Epstein for president of hockey operations? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm dead serious. No, I, I know. Does Theo Epstein have any interest in the sport of hockey? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, think of um, Paul D. Podesta is the president of something or other for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. He never did anything with football before he was made the president of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. If they really want to go outside the box and have somebody who could bring 
some sort of managerial style or approach to his organization, why not the Leps team? That's just, that's my wild theory. Well, no, Hey, I mean, I would, who wouldn't love that if it happened? Um, I think if the, Blackhawks, if the Blackhawks called Theo Epstein, he's probably going to laugh at them. For sure. Um, I think his ambitions are probably to be the next commissioner of MLB baseball. For sure. Um, but that said, I, I, I like your both of your takes on Kyle Davidson. I think he will be the next GM as well. And I, I think there, there was something in the language in the, in the release uh, that the Blackhawks made where Danny Wirtz made it pretty firm that Kyle Davidson is going to be in the organization. Yeah. Um, you know, no matter what, that they're going to search and they're going to talk to some people, but that Kyle Davidson will be a part of the Blackhawks moving forward. And so they obviously don't want to lose him. They sounds like they, they like what he does. Um, I do too. And so this all could just be smoke and mirrors to go through due process to let Davidson have the reins and do what he can. Um, and I actually hope it is. I, you know, I don't, he was not involved in the scandal. He had no part of that whatsoever. So it's not as if they need to clean house with him, um, you know, whatsoever. And, you know, what I what I actually really like about Kyle Davidson, too, is he's not that visible. Um, I, I thought Stan Bowman was too publicly visible and was too much, you know, uh, on stage and, and in a presence saying, this is about me, folks. This is what I'm doing here, where Kyle Davidson is just kind of, I'm just very quietly going to leave guys like, Bodan and Mitchell and Reichel in Rockford where they're supposed to be when you're not, no one's going to be thinking about them right now. They don't need to be thinking about any of this and they're just going to play and get better. So that was actually the first thing that I, that was the first thing that I thought of is that this, this is a kid who has some of Stan Bowman's qualities, the analytics and all that other stuff, but he has no ego. I I get that impression that he has absolutely zero ego. And I think actually he would embrace having, you know, a, a, an outside perspective that maybe is experienced um, in the organization. So, um, yeah, to me, I, I just think that they're going to bring in somebody to be his right hand. And I don't know if it's going to be a younger person that's just moving up from another organization or if it's going to be somebody who is, um, you know, kind of getting towards the end of their career or whatever, or just looking for another paycheck. I, I don't know who that is. I mean, could I just could you imagine if – two or three weeks before the trade deadline, they hire a new GM and say, this is yours. That just seems reckless. Well, the one thing I was going to say is, as they say, timing is everything. I mean, I don't think they anticipated firing, you know, Stan Bowman when they fired him. I mean, maybe it was going to be an end of the season thing when that way you wipe the slate clean, et cetera. But I mean, right now it's like, how do you put somebody in charge with the trade deadline looming um, I, I just think that's a little, little dangerous. I think reckless is a good word that you uh, you use on that. But yeah, that to me is just. I mean, this th- we could argue that this trade deadline is probably as important as as any they've had in years. So critical. It, so critical. Yeah, Shawnee, you're going to say something. It, yeah, I was going to say um, what I read too is that like Davidson's been in involved with conversations with Jamie Faulkner, with Danny Wirtz. Like he's been a part of the entire process. So like Bard said, it, it, it makes, it's almost bears esque in that the ineptitude of their front office, I can see them doing a move like that, like bringing in a general manager and go, here you go. Here's the keys two weeks before the trade deadline, do what you need to do. Right. But, but as Bard said, like this, this trade deadline is hugely important to them. They don't have a first round pick. They have three third round picks. You've got to try to acquire a first round pick. You've got to ultimately like the the team's not going to be able to go full on rebuild because you're going to have three ten million dollar players on your books for the yeah. next two yeah. or three seasons. They can't do it until sometime, maybe this time next year or a little bit further on down the road is when they can actually do it. But they can start taking steps in that direction and sure. start acquiring assets to be ready for that big transition or the big rebuild right. or whatever they're going to do. And they need the guy who's going to be able to shepherd that entire thing throughout. I also think Kyle Davidson is not a relatively, he's, he's a relatively young guy in terms of professional sports and age. So I think like him growing with the organization and, and growing up into be maybe the president of hockey op someday is, is, right. is a perfect fit for the, for Jamie Faulkner, who's kind of new in her role, Danny Wirtz is who's new in his role. 
all of them growing together as the organization hopefully grows in the right direction. Yeah. Now, Eric, our buddy Eric is convinced that it will not be Davidson in any way, shape or form. I mean, he just thinks that, no, they're not going to do it. They're going to go outside. They have to go outside. The optics, the optics. Eric, I hope you're listening somewhere out there. Wheaton Academy's finest, Eric Andrews. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was um, – Scott Powers did mention um, – hold on, who was it? It could be um, – I mean, if there's someone that they're bringing in that has a ton of experience and has a, a total wow factor and is an absolute game changer and we hear a name, we go, oh, well, then fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know – it. You know, and our buddy, uh, buddy Ozzy's writing in right now. Hey, Gate, how you doing? Saying they need a guy with experience. All right, well, then who's out there with experience? I can't even think of anyone off the top of my head. Um, and I don't disagree. And I don't disagree with that. They need somebody in that front office with experience. It's just a matter of is that person going to be in charge or is that person going to be more or less the right hand right. that has a significant role? I mean, you know. We, we're not trying to position this person as being a lapdog. It's a person that's going to come into the organi organization and, and, and have a significant, you know, say or voice, whatever it is. I mean, there's going to be one one person in charge, and that's going to be the general manager, but this person right. is going to be heavily involved. So uh, yeah. Scott, Scott Powers just maybe M-A-T-H-I-E-U. Um, Matthew Darsh? Yes. Yeah. They're saying he could That's be if he, if he comes wow. in to interview and knocks it out of the park because he was on the short list for well, Montreal and Vancouver's general manager job. Well, I'll tell you, I was a sophomore in high school and I played at for Choate Rosemary Hall and my first varsity game, my center iceman was Matthew Darsh. So he was a great prep school hockey player, got one offer straight out of prep school hockey from UMass mm. Lowell. He said, all right, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to play for McGill. Played four years at McGill, dominated, and then uh, punched his ticket through the AHL and made it to the NHL. He's so smart. He's an incredibly bright person. If they could land Matthew Darsh, I'd be all about that. Yep. It would yep. be an absolute incredible find. Um, he's, he's like I said, he's incredibly bright. He's awesome. Um, so he. <laughs> Maybe he's on the list. I I guess the thing too about the search is we don't know who the candidates are. Like we have no idea who they're interviewing. Yeah. No, and we might not for a while. I mean, yeah. if we see a list of names getting tweeted in the next few days, you know, then maybe we'll all change our tune. Right. You know, Gate Gate is very busy right now in the comments section. He's suggesting Mark Hunter. He um, loves Mark Hunter. He loves Mark Hunter because of the development uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, mm -hmm. him working with the London Knights and the OHL. Like, sure. like I like Mark Hunter too. If Mark Hunter was a candidate, I wouldn't be. Let's say, let's say this: I won't be discouraged if Kyle Davidson is named the general manager. But if they bring in a Mark Hunter or somebody like that, I'll still be very excited about it. Yeah. As long as it's not, as long as it's not like they name Eddie Olchek president of hockey operations or something like that. Let's let's not right. take two steps backwards. With yeah, this. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a seasoned GM though, and you know, and you're being invited to work for the Chicago Blackhawks, you look at the cap, you look at all this mess, then you're like, man, I don't, I don't know, this is quite the undertaking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, it, but it's a disaster. But if you're a general manager, a season one, yeah. and you, I, I'm sorry, if you get to that level of position, you have the arrogance and the intelligence to think, okay, here's my plan to fix it, and I'm yeah. going to take these steps and I'm going to fix it. And we're going to, I'm going to restore prominence. Like if you can bring the Blackhawks back to prominence again, right? like you'll be walking around town. You want it to pay for a meal again. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want Kevin Weeks or, um, you know, uh, or Eddie Olchek as sort of an assistant GM. To me, it's almost like, you Someone know, bringing in Mike, it's like bringing in Mike Mayock to pair up with Mel Kuyper Jr. to run the front office. And to me, that's just just know. bring in Milbury then at that point. Yeah. Just yeah. burn it all down. Now that we're starting to talk it through, we're starting to change our tune a little bit. I mean, five five minutes ago, we're like, Davidson, wholesale, got to be the guy. Now we're going, well, wait a minute. This is good. We're getting somewhere. I don't know. I mean, it's well, anyway. I don't know if he's going to be a good GM or not. I just have a feeling that they're going to name him and then bring somebody in as sort of like, um, like a, like right an Epstein hand. Hoyer type thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. The tandem. Yeah. 
That makes sense. It's like this guy comes from Tampa Bay. He's developed. He was key in developing and drafting a lot of talent over there, and he's going to work with Kyle. That's what's going to happen. That yeah. to me, I think, and, is what's going to happen. And that's a huge thing they need in the organization. They need to be. They haven't developed anyone. They, the last guy they truly developed probably is Tavo Taravainen. Alex yeah. Debrinket jumped right from juniors to the NHL and then made himself a better player at the NHL level. Yeah. Anybody else hasn't really even labored through the AHL. Right. That's why I love their approach with Reichel in that they're, they, they have the two game showcase. I'm not really too, I mean, maybe we can talk about this. I'm not really keen about them trying to burn his ELC year. I don't understand what that would do. Like no. there, there's, there's reports out there that they want to bring him back up and have him play more than the seven games that he would. Is, oh, I, is, oh, I thought it was, is it seven or is it nine? Well, it's nine, it nine, but he's already played two. Yeah. The seven, so he'd, he'd have to play seven more That's games. Seven more games and they burn the first year of his They burn the first year of his ELC. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, if he's good enough to play, then, you know, I, I think that, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? Um, well, so anyway, good luck to the Blackhawks in their search. I think I think we're all kind of on the same page, though, that it'll probably be Davidson's trade deadline. Yes. Um, at the very least. And so to that point, that's a really good transition into uh, into our next topic is Hawks for sale. Uh, they're going to be sellers. Uh, fools out there to believe that this team is going to all of a sudden go on a magical run and, and make the playoffs, even though there are still some of those folks out there. Uh, don't buy it, people. It ain't happening. It's not all oh, this Derek King magic since Colleton. Colleton dug a hole that was too big for anybody to get out of. Um, you know, and so to that end, there's going to be some hawks for sale here. And, and I, I'd like each of us to try to touch base on a player that they think could go or should go for that matter. I think anything's open game. Let's qualify this or put some clarity around this. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane will, will finish this season with the Blackhawks. That's probably going to happen. Given their contracts, you can't really move them. Um, you know, even because there won't be a prorated deal where it's a half off price. The salary would be too tough to eat. The only pie in the sky magical scenario for Patrick Kane is maybe the New York Rangers, but so much stuff would have to happen for that. He'd want to have to go to the Big Apple. Jonathan Taves is Jonathan Taves is not movable right now. Um, I think we can all kind of concur on that with a ten and a half million dollar first line center who would probably be a third line center, second line at best on any contending team. Uh, too expensive. But I want to touch base on Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, Elliot Friedman, 32 Thoughts, indicated uh, both via his podcast and in writing that he fully expects the Washington Capitals to be the next destination uh, for Marc-Andre Fleury. What say you on this? The dogs clearly have an opinion in the background, Shawnee. <laughs> Who let the dogs they're saying, out? Don't, they're saying, don't trade him, don't trade him. He's such a good guy. Sean, what do you think? Fleury to the Caps? Possible? Um, likely? I think it is. I think the Capitals make a lot of sense in that, um, like we discussed before jumping on the air here, they have they don't have a lot of long-term money, so they can they should be able to fit them under the cap, assuming they move a player or two. They have a couple prospects that would be interesting towards the Blackhawks. They're in a competitive division. And it and I, th I believe Bardo, correct me if I'm wrong. They they're they're rolling out a younger goalie right now. If I remember. Yeah, they got a, they have I believe two younger goalies. It's um, is it Ilya Samsonov, mm -hmm. and then there's another one, it begins with a V. Yeah, it's not. I can't remember who they're playing with right now? I mean, to I'll be honest with you, I'll no, I, I usually have this stuff up and running, so I apologize. Um, Keep going. But yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for them. They're on the bubble right now, so maybe Flurry helps them down the stretch to get in. If they get in the playoffs, definitely a veteran goalie like um, Mark Andre Flurry, uh, Vinik Vanek is the Vitek Vanasek and Ilya Samsonov. That's yep. right. That they don't want. To, they don't want to go into the postseason with that. No, no. Mark Andre Flurry has won a Stanley Cup. He he's played in big playoff games. 
Uh, you're seeing what he's doing with the Blackhawks. He's probably one of the main reasons why they have a winning record under Derek King. Uh, the one thing I would worry about getting a Mark Andre Fleury from the Blackhawks is the Blackhawks have played him a lot lately. Yeah, yeah like I, I believe he's made like thirty of the last. Uh, he's made like thirty-four starts or something. Thirty of thirty. He's made. He's. I don't think we've seen. We saw Kevin Lankin in for one game, and then he went in the locker room and his wrist was broken or something. He's he has started ten of the last eleven. I know yeah. that for a fact. And he's not a young guy, so. That's the one thing I would be worried about. Yeah, well, Delia's back, so praise the Lord. I mean, now we can all rejoice and be like, oh, my gosh, now we're going to make it to the promised land. So that's great. Poor, poor Colin Delia. I wish the Blackhawks would just let him go, just trade him away. They're not going to use him. They don't want him. It's abundantly obvious. I don't understand why they didn't try it. The only reason they didn't move him earlier is because he was hurt. Otherwise, I think he would have been the goalie sent to Buffalo instead of Malcolm Subban. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, the other thing to going back to the Capitals and the flurry piece, um, you know, the, the Capitals, they need to squeeze every last ounce of, I guess you could say aging talent. I mean, they're going to be in, they've got a window maybe for the next three years, maybe four, if they're lucky to win a Stanley cup or to try to win a couple Stanley cups. I mean, guys like Ovi Backstrom, Kuznetsov, you know, even Lars Eller, you know, guys like Connor Sheary. I mean, none of these guys are getting any younger. They've got very little coming off of their books. I mean, Justin Schultz and Michael Kempney are two UFAs. But other than that, I mean, they have guys that are going to be there at least through next season. You know, Hagelin and and Eller, um, you know, Backstrom, Ovi included, who are going to continue to get paid. So they're saying we need to we need to do this right now. So, I mean, I, I think it does make sense for Flurry to possibly be moved there. And if there's the thing is, is that if the market gets hot for Flurry, Brian McClellan, the GM of the Washington Capitals, is going to have to make another decision uh, with the roster and to figure out what exactly he wants to do. And so last year, he had tried to acquire Anthony Mantha, and Steve Eiserman just fleeced him. I mean, it was. A first pick plus for Anthony Mantha. Gate has entered the building, folks. Oh, boy. Um, by the way, so welcome, Gate. Um, I was told we were going to talk about Colin Delia. Oh, all right. You did. You missed that part of the program. I just removed Gate from the stream uh, <laughs> specifically for that reason. Um, we can move him back. Uh, <laughs> Gate, welcome back. Anyway, going back to Flurry, though, I so the Caps, what do you think, Bardo? So this is interesting because I actually think this could potentially play into the Hawks um, advantage in the fact that there's a team in, in Washington's division that is very much a mirror image of them, which is Pittsburgh, you know, a team that's, you know, got some goalie issues. They're an older team that probably has a window of, you know, two, maybe three years. I mean, look, they just re-signed Jeff Carter for, for two more years. So that pretty much tells you what they think in terms of their window. I mean, he's been a great fit, but he's 36, I think is what it is. So yeah, he's 37, 37. Oh, there you go. He's 37. So to me, it's like those two can are division rivals there. They both have, you know, holes at goal, not really holes, but they have probably a need for more experience in goal. Um, to me, it's like you could create a bidding war. However, the interesting part about this is doesn't Flory um dictate where he goes he does he's got he a limited no trade clause 10 teams yeah that, i think it's okay. 10 teams where he cannot be traded is the thing that he has he modified that with stan in the agreement when he came to chicago okay that that sounds right yeah but look if washington and pittsburgh are on there i mean kyle or whoever it is running the front office can um create a nice little bidding war between two rival teams. That but to does, me does Pittsburgh and or Washington have a first round pick the Hawks can get. Because ultimately I, I know Gate very adamant about this and I am kind of through. I don't think they're gonna get one for Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. But I think that has to be the goal. You have to get a they don't have a first round pick. You have to get one, I think. What about Edmonton? Yeah, could be, but I don't know what this Evander the Evander Kane signing. Welcome back, Gate. Um, 
the Evander Kane signing in Edmonton, I mean, Edmonton needs to move a considerable amount of something. I mean, they, they don't really have any space whatsoever, I don't think. No, uh, they're... I mean, they're really up against it right now. They so. have they have current cap space nine hundred and fifty four thousand six hundred thirty seven dollars in LTIR money. That's it. Right. Yeah. So they don't have. So I mean, have, I just I I just don't think that a thirty seven year old goalie. Now I know he's a year a year removed from being a Vezina winner, but I just don't think a thirty seven year old goalie rental is going to get you a first round draft pick. I just don't. Like maybe no. a second. And, well, and a prospect or something for sure. Get a first round draft pick for that guy for sure. And, and well, I agree with you on that one. I said the goal, the goal should you should start asking for a first round pick, and hopefully somebody gets reckless and gives you one. But I, I don't. Think I, I agree with that. And I, and I think it's going to come down to what the market bears because I think if I remember correctly, who was that fourth line center that Nashville got or they traded for that everybody went after several about five six years ago, and he fetched a first round pick. I'm trying to remember his name, but he was a great face-off guy. He's no longer in the league. No idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah, but I, I think that I if if the Blackhawks do trade him to Washington, I think that best case they're not they probably won't get a first round pick unless they have some sort of package with Flurry and, and and with someone else. But I mean if they can get a prospect out of Washington that doesn't have a shot at making the big club that's still promising. We we mentioned on our chat Alexander Alexiev. Uh, who's with the Hershey Bears, uh, the 6'4", 196-pound defenseman. He's 22 years old. He was their first-round pick, um, you know, in 2018. If they could try to to score some, you know, a, a decent prospect out of that and maybe take on another player with it, that might be best-case scenario. But I agree. I, I, I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury by himself will garner a first-round draft pick. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, now, you know, it – it's interesting. I mean, a guy like, you know, our buddy now in, in Minnesota Hartman, you know, the Hawks got a first round pick for Hartman yeah, from Nashville away. And he was not the player he is right now, but they also but had, he had age on his side. He had age what? on his side and he had, there was a chance he was going to resign there. There's That's no true. chance yep. that Mark Andre Fleury is well, resigning with Washington or with Edmonton or with anybody other than Vegas Golden Knights. Correct. Yeah. They also with with the Hartman trade, they also gave up an additional draft pick. It was it was Hartman, it was Hartman and a fourth or Hartman and a fifth for a first. So I mean you still got to give up more than Mark Andre Fleury if there's any hope. Well, the Blackhawks have four third round picks, so maybe attach two of those. There's you gotta get something. The goal, the goal of the trade deadline is gotta be to maximize your return and hope you can get a first round pick. Well, and then, if, yeah, if, if you're going to do that and and I truly and I I know Mark andre Fleury is the player. I don't that everyone wants to talk about Dominic Kubelik is another player. I don't Dominic Kubelik by himself probably can't fetch a first rounder. No. Maybe the only asset that they really have that they should possibly consider moving that could get a first round plus back from is honestly Brandon Hagel. And I know that sounds sacrilege to a lot of Blackhawks fans right now. But if you're really going to do this thing and you're really going to rebuild a year from now and do a real rebuild, you have to sell high on everybody you can. And I, and I actually think that does include Brandon Hagel. And I don't the style, the style of play that he plays. We don't know the shelf life of Brandon Hagel. If he's going to play for 10 more years in the NHL with the style and the grit that he plays with. I don't know if we don't even know if his value of it. Yeah, but what is Brandon Hagel? On a good team, what is Brandon Hagel? A third line he's a, player? Third line. He's, a, he's a third line grinder guy for your postseason. Yeah. Yeah, so do you you don't need to hang on to a third line grinder guy. That's no, what I'm saying. Everyone yeah. loves him and, and all that. And, right. and I get it. You love him because he's a team, you know, he's a team guy and he he plays hard and all that stuff. But what does that really get you in the long run? You're just hanging on to him until he fades away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean you gotta you gotta take that chance. I he might be the only tradable chip that they have that could fetch first round talent. That that's not I mean, if they really want to get nuts, they could move Alex to Brinkett for if they had a huge package, they could move Alex to Brinkett. Yeah, they I think, won't do it. Yeah. I well I, I think moving to Brinkett, I don't when you think about the bigger business of, of hockey and the dollars and cents. For sure. It, he sells jerseys, he scores. Yeah. He's um, right. But he's a, yeah. 
he and um, Frank Cervelli, I believe, said that he wasn't untouchable and then amended his statement saying that unless they're completely wowed or blown away by an offer for Alex to bring it, they're not going to move them. So because the okay, only so untouchables are the three guys with the uh, the three big contracts. Put on your um, put on your history hats um, going back to 2012. You remember Paul Gostad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Paul Gostad in a 2013 fourth-round draft yeah, pick to the Sabres for a 2012 first-round pick. This yeah. guy was a bottom-six center, great at face-offs, no question about it, but he got a first-round pick. He netted a first-round pick. Yeah. Troy yeah. Brower, and I understand the timing was different, got a first-round pick. Yeah. And wingers are a tiny dozen. Troy Brower was a proven player on a cup team, though. But I think the economics of hockey has changed in that like the salary cap isn't going up. No, it's probably going to stay flat. So first round picks while more expensive. Um, it's cheap talent. It's cheap talent, at least for the first three years of the deal. And then you can, it'll be a little bit more expensive. If you do a bridge deal or what have you, but yeah, yeah. it's cheaper who, talent. who knows? I mean, I don't, yeah, it's gotta be flurry plus I think with the first round. Flurry, Colin Delia, a third round pick. That get that gets you that and or you just whoever doesn't get Flurry between the Capitals and the Penguins gets Colin Delia. There you go. Why not package why not package Flurry and um Hagel? Well no, that'd be great. That'd be a Flurry Flurry and Hagel, you get it, you could get maybe a first round and a really good prospect. Or Flurry and DeHaan. Or yeah. Yeah, DeHaan DeHaan's another one that they if the right they should be looking to move. I know he's playing well with uh Connor Murphy, but no, he's well he's in a contract here. He's not he's not coming back. I you well, know that I, it's the first year he's been healthy with yeah. the Blackhawks. I so don't maximize what you can get for him and get him out of town. Dehan's solo gets you nothing. If you trade him by himself, you get nothing. You're lucky if you get a fourth. You get nothing. I mean you get fifth or sixth round pick. So yeah. Flurry and Dehan. I mean, I, Dehan would be a good insurance policy, um, you know, to be in Washington. That's for sure. But then, just, then again, he makes a lot of money. That's expensive. How can they do that? Just uh, unload every veteran that you get a good, solid offer for. Yeah. Really Seriously. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and what is Dominic Kubalik in a contender? Third, fourth line guy? I would say oh, third. I think he's, a, he, he's, he's a borderline middle six winger they can score yeah. on the power play yeah, yeah. i think he's definitely he's on your power play he's yeah definitely on pp1 yeah so i i would like to see i mean i i don't know if it's davidson or a new guy again i we do think it might be davidson's trade deadline regardless of who comes in but are, are we are we skipping over the elephant in the room here uh andy's guy dylan strome like no, we, we have a we have a special tab yes. i haven't built a yes, banner talk. this is what i'm here for guys <laughs> All right, there we go, Dylan Strom. By the way, Gate Gate might sound a little fuzzy, but folks, we got to we got to call in tonight, uh, which is pretty big time. It makes us feel a little bit more official. Yeah, he's on a CB um, radio yeah, on I eighty heading west. If if I knew ahead of time, I would have just said, "Hey, we're hitting the phone lines, folks." Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the way home from the hockey rink. Sorry, yeah. my kid had to leave, so I wanted <laughs> to join in. No, it makes us sound pro. Yeah, um, it's Frank from Orleans. Well, Park, Gate, Gate needs too. to tell us he's a first time, long time. So Dylan, well, I don't Dylan's, know about long time, but first time definitely. <laughs> I'll hang up and listen. Long time, li- a long time caller, first time listener. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about Dylan Strom. What do you do about him? What do we do? Someone say something. I, so, I obviously everyone knows how I feel about this guy. So someone else talk, please. So, Kate, the floor is yours. Oh, I was. I mean, the media. I mean, he's not going to be any higher than he is right now. Like no, right. get something for him. Get if you're gonna unload him and you've been trying to unload him for two years, get something for him. He just had a hat trick. He's on the rise. Like his value is not gonna be any higher than than it is right now. Get something for him and get him out the door. And Here, here's what I'll say about about Dylan Strom is that you know he's been clearly screwed around with. I mean, look, let's not act like if you all of a sudden put him with with um, top six players, you know that he's going to produce, but. He's shown that he can at times. We definitely know he's not a bottom six guy. But if you have a need for a top six 
center. That's the good news is that he plays center, even though he's horrible at faceoffs. That's he's it's been sixty one percent as of late. Even the sun, even the sun shines on a dog's behind every now and then. But, yeah, I'm just saying that's right? what the media is doing. They've been pumping his tires on uh, well, his Ben, the Ben Pope, Dylan Stroke fan club. Oh, Lazarus too. Oh God, sakes. But um, um, yeah, you hope that you could capitalize on a team that just has you know weakness at center. So. Because they, mean, they they were trying to get a third round pick for him all offs. They weren't they weren't even getting third round offers. So if you get a third round pick at this point, I think you got to move him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take well, a fourth. Number one, everyone in their career who's played on a line with Patrick Kane has produced. Period. I mean, Kane does that. He makes everyone around him better. Dylan Strom, I I think I'm going to try to be patient here um, without going totally off the rails. But Dylan, the problem with Dylan Stroman is not a good enough skater to be on a cup contending team. He's slow. Mm-hmm. His feet do not move very fast. Nope. In an NHL playoff game, he won't even be able to keep up. I mean, I actually think it comes down to that. He's just not good enough. So, I mean, I, I, I know, Gate, you're saying go get everything you can for him right now. Who's – I'm not giving anything for Dylan Strom. Somebody will give him a fourth, uh, fourth round pick. You'll get a fourth. You'll get a fourth. Oh, well, then get great. Take it and run with it. I mean, this is a guy he he doesn't he doesn't play big against big teams, you know. He's uh you know what is it sixteen points on the power on, or nine of his sixteen points are power play points. You know, he's got what six points against teams that this year that are going to be in the playoffs. You know, sure he had a field day against Detroit when they were all sleepy last night. But also, like Bard said, he's been misused. Like he they kept at, trying to make him into a fourth line guy. He's not a fourth line guy. It was putting a square peg in a round hole. The where, whole do you, time. where do you use him? The best, <laughs> the best chance they have to get something decent in return is to send him to the Rangers where he can play with his brother. The team has a need for another top six forward. That to me is 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 where you send him. And and you hope and pray they'll give you something of value. But apart from that, I, I don't really know who, where else he would go. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, I am all about the hey trade him now and if you can but now here's here's a counterpoint and this is interesting and i can't believe i'm saying this and i can't believe i actually wrote this if you actually are committing to a rebuild is it okay to have your number two center and possibly your number one a center if you ever trade jonathan taves being dylan strome for a little while who will cost you nothing more than 1.5 million dollars per after this season no, is it because, almost worth opening up your cap to do more things to keep him no, around? No, we know we know what he is. Yeah. yeah. He's not good. I'd much rather I'd much rather run Borgie out there or Philip Kurashev. I was just saying, but Kurashev there, Borgie. Yeah. All I'm so, saying is if you're looking to actually rebuild and shed do- shed dollars, he's an upcoming restricted free agent. You've got all the you've got everything at your disposal with restrictive free agents and he's absolutely cheap labor i mean that's that's the only thing if you're actually kyle davidson gave him three million dollars or whatever yeah but he's not gonna he's not gonna make that much coming back next year well maybe if you hold on for hold on to him and don't trade him and then he's lights out the rest of the year somehow i don't know just put if he doesn't get dealt like they're just gonna have to wave him like there's no point anymore no brett Connolly, man he got waved yep Stromer. Mm. I mean, I don't. I, I think maybe Mark Bell was more productive than Dylan Strom during the Mark dead puck era. Probably Kyle Calder too. Tyler Arneson. Tyler Arneson. I mean, this is he's just it's a it's a grim grim scene. Theo with Fleury. It. Yeah, I mean, it's great that he got that. You know, got that hat trick last night. Congratulations, Dylan Strom, on your hat trick. You continue to haunt my dreams. Um, you know, I haven't been the same since you joined the Blackhawks. And uh, you're not panning out. Well, anyway. I mean, yeah. At any rate, anyone else trade chips that we have not mentioned thus far? Could you move? Would you dare move any of the prospects that are in Rockford right now as sweeteners if it meant getting first round picks back? Yes. It depends on who it is. If it's if it's Galvis, if it's no. Michael, yeah. if it like Unfortunately, Andy, I think your guy regular probably should be moved. He could be. He might not. Um, he might not work. 
maybe Evan Barrett. Yeah, Barrett won't be playing. Uh, yeah. Louis Servier or whatever his name is. I yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe yeah, Louis Louis Creever. Is that you're thinking Crevier? of? Curvier, Curvier, yeah. Now we're talking about guys I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's but you don't want to like so the 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 prospect pool is very, very thin. Yeah, it's, it's Reichel Galvis. Um maybe they're gonna be patient with Bodan, they're gonna be patient with Mitchell. So I don't think you move either of those guys unless somebody really wants them. Isaac Phillips, uh, he came out for those three games earlier in the year. You probably don't want to move on from him. Soderbloom is probably your only developmental goalie in the system, so you're going to keep him. Next to Camesso. Yeah, Camesso. Well, Camesso is not in the system yet because he hasn't signed. Much yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, Gate. He's sitting down. What fun. Gate raid. Um, so our caller, folks, is now in his home. And, and yeah, I mean. Uh, and he's live. So. And definitely don't want to move Nolan Allen because he was your first overall pick. No, he's not right. going. Um, well, speaking of prospects, Johnny, you got a prospect outlook coming up right now. You're thinking about something. You're yeah. So what are we talking about here? What's the deal on the Hawks prospects? So I, I'm kind of just looking at in my piece, uh, what they kind what they did, the formula quote unquote, understand Bowman. And then what the formula going forward should be, um, I mean, it's it's pretty simple stuff, but just kind of looking at it in depth in terms of like, um, I read an article. It's it's a little it's several years old, but Dauber Prospects says that um, a first round player or a first line player in the NHL should at least spend close to a year in the AHL. And the Hawks weren't doing that. The Hawks were promoting guys right away. Now you look at it too. It also depends on where they're drafted. Like Kirby Doc third overall pick they weren't going to send him back to the whl because he was going to dominate there and they couldn't send him the ahl because the agreement between the chl and the nhl that no player under the age of 20 years old can play in the ahl unless they're on an nhl team so there's there's a lot of logistics in that but just kind of looking at what they need to do in terms of that and i like the planning thus far for what they have for reichel and what the vision is for guys like Malcolm or Mackenzie Entwistle, Philip Kurashev, yeah. I think uh, Derek King was the right hire because of the developmental aspect of it. Um, our our buddy Al, Crazy Al, I don't know if he's crazy or not, but that's on the column, had a post or tweet the other day that said Jeremy Carlton set the organization back in terms of development too, which I think is 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 a valid point because he didn't develop anyone at any stop along the way. Carlton or Bowman. Bowman didn't develop anyone either during his Correct. entire tenure. He didn't know how to. No. Mm-hmm. But Sam Bowman, they developed, they developed no one. No, he didn't have he didn't have to early, so he never learned to. Right. I mean, it was just he was given goal. He was handed a Mercedes with the keys and said, "Go." And he just had to trim around the edges. Yeah. Now, granted, he it could have ended up like Edmonton, where they got two best players in the world and they can't do anything with them, but. <laughs> that being said, he didn't develop anybody else either. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so it's, it's interesting. I, and I do like, again, I mean, I, I think the Hawks are, are finally being patient with the guys that they need to be patient with. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't see, they're not, you know, they're not oozing with talent, but it, it is good at that, that guys like Bodan and Mitchell, you know, aren't, aren't up with the big club right now, stealing minutes from a veteran when they should be learning how to play the game. But also, too, like Sean said earlier, they're just itching to get Reichel in there. They yeah, they got yeah. the shady new toy. They're just yeah, itching yeah. to throw him out there. Right, Why? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's I'm ex- really good. No, I'm excited about him, too, but they're doing the right thing. I Thank goodness they stuck to that original plan where they said, hey, hey, he's only coming up for a couple games, and then he's going right back down, and then they mm-hmm. did that. Yeah. That was good. That was good. And they, toy- they toyed around with Bolquist, too. They're like, oh, we're going to send him back to London for a year. But yeah. what did they do? As soon as they got him – as soon as they got him in the pros, they were racing him into the, they were into the him NHL. Yeah. yeah, well, and they that was that was sad because he physically was not ready. I mean, no. that poor, that poor kid was getting crushed by. And everybody. then they gave up, and then they they realized he wasn't polished, and they gave up on him and got rid of him, which right. is what they which was what their mo was. 
if mm-hmm. you didn't succeed in your first season in the NHL with no developmental help, they're going to jettison you out of town. Look at Yogi nope. Hara. Let me throw this out there, you guys. What do you got? What if they don't throw Kirby Doc into the NHL in his first season? I know. And they let him develop. Maybe wherever. They let him develop for a year instead of trying to say, hey, we got the shiny new toy. He's the third overall pick. He's going to be the next Jonathan Taves as they build him. Mm-hmm. What if they let him develop? Because look at what he's doing this year. He's not really doing a whole lot of anything. Mm-hmm. He's you know kind of just say, the guy. You know what I would say to that? He would probably develop properly. I would assume mm-hmm. that Reichel yeah. would too. And then all of a sudden, I would feel a lot better about the organization because they have two potentially top two centers that are marinating right now. Yeah, the well, team may not be that good, but then you have two centers. Your future is basically set at center. Which is yeah, the hardest yeah. position to fill. Yeah, I mean, I poor Kirby Doc. I mean, he was definitely. I, he's certainly a victim of circumstance. I mean, this was a very desperate Stan Bowman to try to Whoa. hit a home run on that third overall yeah. pick. And then the rule. The and then and then he went to World Juniors, which I don't think was the wrong move. And he broke his wrist, and that was just yeah, really unfortunate. That, that hurt him. I think that that tournament being on being on a world stage, if he was the guy in Canada, won gold, could have changed his trajectory too. Yeah, because well, uh, he he was playing well in the the play in tournament for the, the Hawks, and then I think he would they if he would have went to the World Juniors, kept that momentum going, kept developing, he probably would have been way better off than he is now. What but is then he, he broke his wrist, and then they rushed him back to play twelve meaningless games. It was, and he is what five five games total in Rockford in his career or something. Yeah, he, it's three, it's, five or less. Yeah, because when he got hurt, he was hurt in training camp his rookie year, so they were able to assign him down there because yeah. I was at the opener for Rockford that year, the home opener, and got to see Kirby Doc play in his first professional game, which may, might think, be an act. And think about some of those folks that are saying even Kirby Doc should be on the table to be moved. Well, if he gets traded to Toronto or if he got traded to Colorado, he's a healthy scratch in the playoffs. He's not playing. Yeah. Right. I don't think he cracks the lineup. No, I mean he's he's just kind of a guy, right? Yeah, now. and it's yeah it's, he's just he's he's got no place really in the lineup. They're shifting no. him up and down. He doesn't really he's not really scoring. He's not really winning faceoffs. He's yeah. not really doing anything extraordinarily well. And this is his third year in the NHL. Hundred and twenty some odd games. Yeah, what does he got? Like uh, I looked last week, but he's got like what twenty something points or something, yeah. or maybe thirty. Yeah. Yeah, which is I don't even know what it was. He's got, for that he's got, 14, he's got 14 points this year. That's it. Yeah, there you go. He's yeah, going he's backwards. Going. He's regressing. He he really he has no confidence. He we are shoot. we are we are about to finish the month of January, and Kirby Doc has one goal and one point. That's it. Yeah, he, I mean he he is definitely he, regressing. He's he's played in your, third, in your third year in the NHL. You should be hitting your stride. Mm-hmm. Finally, you know, if you're going to be a star, you should be getting to that echelon. And he's yep. gone backwards every single year. Now, granted, there are injuries in, involved in there, but and I'm not faulting him saying he's a bust. I don't even want to say he's a bust because he's not. Not you know, yet. But, yeah. but he could turn into a bust the way they've handled him. They've handled him so poorly. They handled Boquist so poorly. Yep. They've been horrible at developing talent. And they need to be able to develop talent to rebuild. Yep. And they're, they're, as JJ always said, half pregnant, you know, yep. shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. Well, that's, that's, that's why not only like whoever they add to the front office is going to be critical and, but it's also who's going to be the head coach. I mean, that person, I mean, they haven't had anybody develop the talent, you know, none of these coaches have. Yeah. So. They got to look, they definitely got to look at like how they do their coaching within the organization in terms of the AHL and the NHL coaching staffs for sure. And also let's, let's be honest. Joel Quenville is not a, a development guy either. No, he was no. there to win at the NHL level. He right. didn't develop guys either. No, no, Neither no. did Colleton. They, no, they build Colleton. No, but that's Bill Colleton. Is this, yeah. That's not yeah, like Bill Colleton is this guy who's going to, the young guy, he speaks to the young kids. He didn't develop jack shit. He didn't develop anybody. <laughs> no, if he didn't like somebody, Stan Bowman shipped him out of town. Henrik exactly. Yokiharu. Imagine what he would have been. Well, Hendrick? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Colleton. Jeremy Henry, Colleton. No, no business. Whatever Jeremy Colleton's was was Stan Bowman's message to the organization and the players and saying the team is mine. Yeah. I'm gonna hire a buffoon and just hope that it works out. 
Um, no, Joe Quenville did not develop talent. And that's not why he wasn't hired. I mean, they got rid of Dennis Savard at a time where they're like, it's go time. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, got, we got the tools. Let's get the guy in to do we it. We got the tools. We got the talent. <laughs> it's Miller time. Yes. <laughs> Always with the Ghostbusters reference. I so love good. It. So good. Uh, Ernie Hudson. Oh. We got the tools. We got the talent. I mean, you know me. I'm the Ghostbusters guy. I got the Ghostbusters on the air. Yeah, I love it. That is excellent. Any other uh, final thoughts as we approach the hour here, fellas? Anything else on your mind regarding this team? Things that you'd like to see the remainder of the year? Obviously, big question marks. Things of concern. I mean, we we could be very bored very quickly. Last night's game was very entertaining. More games like that would be at least fun. Mm -hmm. At the same time, fans, don't be fooled if that happens. This team is not contending. Thoughts? I completely I agree with that. I mean, uh, yeah. even last year when they were bad, they were winning those, you know, the, these run and gun games. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah. Let some yeah. of the guys go out there and score some goals, get some experience. That's cool. But keep the guys like Reichel, keep them, keep them in the AHL. Just like yeah. there's no reason to burn him. There's no reason to expose him to a losing right. culture for no reason whatsoever. Just Stay the course, get get anything you can in a reasonable deal for some veterans. And I'm not saying Taze and Kane because those guys are, like they said, they're going to have to ask to get out of town. Yeah. So they're going to be around. You're going to waste eight years of the prime, and that's fine. You've yeah. already you already gone down that track. You're right. already there's no there's no unscrewing that pig. No, you just yeah. have to go do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Fix it, the foundation. Don't yeah. renovate the kitchen right now. That's yeah. what you got to right. do. Right. Exactly, Bardo. And yeah. keep Galvis down too. I don't want to see him up anymore. Yeah, I, I actually quite like him. Down. I do too, but I don't want to. Like yeah. Don't let him play the twenty to twenty-five minutes a night down Rockford. I mean, bottom, you have to have a farm system. Yeah, right. You have to have it. You know, keyword like, system. We have none. <laughs> yeah, and get an idea what you're going to do in goal because once Mark Andre Fleury's gone, what do you got? You got Kevin Lankinen. Is he a number one goalie? Probably no. not. He's probably a one. 1-1-A or 1-B kind of guy. So you yeah. got to figure out what you're going to do. Delia will be gone because he's not going to resign with this organization. You have Soderblom, maybe. Maybe he's going to be the guy. He's 22 years old. You don't know what you're going to get out of this guy. Yeah. So figure out what you're going to do in net. You got Drew Camesso in, the, in the pipeline. Yeah, fit, so maybe he's out, the guy. But please don't break the bank on some. No, 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 no. And spend seven years on them. Seven, like, no, no, no. Bob Essenzo or something like that. Yeah. No, no, no. The draft and development. Yeah. Have to develop. Don't bring anybody in. Don't be bringing these veterans in anymore. It's or, not worth it anymore. Unless it's like, you know, Thomas Grice or something like that. Some guy to fill in for a year. Bring in, bring in some other teams, number two, who played 20 to 25 games a year and have him go with somebody else. I don't yeah, know. Have him go with Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. They're just that's fine. Whatever. Right. And that's they fine. Work, and Lincoln and works fine in the tandem. Yeah. And, and then, Lincoln won't be the guy when you're good anyway. No. Yeah. You're just biding time right now. Maybe no, I mean, I, will be, but not. Yeah, not I mean, I'm more concerned with rebuilding the defense and rebuilding the, uh, you know, rebuilding the forwards because, quite yeah. frankly, goal, if you have those rock solid, you could find a, an, an anti Niemi or whoever it is and and win with that guy. So, yeah. you just need him to make a key save here and there. But if you have the defense and the forwards, you're set. That's what you need. The guys yeah. in front of the goalie. You so I I mean this time next year we're gonna have a very exciting time pre-trade deadline with Kane and Taves dangling out there. Mm -hmm. um, I, that, that's when I, things could actually get really interesting. I don't, I don't think they do it. I don't for think they do it, Gate. I'm with you. You think I, Hawks for Hawks for life? No, no, no. No, no I no. think they're gonna they're gonna lose them for nothing, probably. Yeah. I think they'll I think they're gonna offer Kane a deal when they can extend him. And if they offer Taves anything, it'll be less money and he'll be insulted and he'll leave. I don't think they're they can't they can't resign both of them at the same amount of money. So if you, you know, no, no, no. you guys honestly don't think that do. this time I, next year, if they're in the middle of another decrepit season, that Kane or Taves won't go finally go in and say, "Can you move me?" No, I do. Kane, Kane's Why? a historian. He why wouldn't you've done it already? Yeah, well, I mean they they could have, but but management could also say to them, "Look, we're gonna have a really hard. You want to go to a contender who are all cap strained? We don't know how we're gonna do this." Well, I mean, they did they, Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith. He has to leave. They got rid of him. Like, yeah. one way or the other, yeah. you can yeah. get yeah. a manageable salary, too. That was a much more manageable salary than 10 and a half per. I mean, it was, it was almost could, half of you, what these guys make. If somebody wants them, they'll make it happen. Yeah. yeah. 
I think so. You could eat half the salary. You could then you get them down to what five million? Five million. A five million dollar yeah. cap hit. You know. Yeah. But I, I think the interesting thing is going to be with this new general manager. If they basically come out and say like what the Rangers did and said we are rebuilding, then you know the writing's on the wall, and then they're going to probably either be asked or they're going to go approach management and say trade me. I just think that's. Gonna I don't happen. think I don't think the Words family is going to do that though. As our good friend JJ always said, like they want to sell jerseys. Patrick Kane sells jerseys. Alex Dabrinkit yeah. sells jerseys. They give you the highlight goals. I, I think they're going to move on from Jonathan Taves. Once upon gonna... a time, they also let guys like Ronick and others like rot on the vine. They got old. Yeah, and that was them. that was Papa Words. That wasn't. Uh... I understand that, but it's it's still you know they're still got the same last name, but. Uh, and I get that, but I think they really need to make that hard decision. And look, I think Dolan I wants to I, win. I think, I think if we do get a, a better GM in, you know, like we talked about, we talked, uh, you know, Gate, you wrote in about Mark Hunter and a few other guys. If we actually do get a decent hockey mind that, that does arrive on the scene, whether or not he's working in tandem with Kyle Davidson or not, I think Patrick King gets traded next year. I do. I don't think, I don't think he's going to waste away and then resign somewhere else. I think he moves before the deadline. I, I honestly just don't – I think they're going to let it go. I think yeah. they should have traded him when, when he had value. He's going to have a lot, a lot that less I, value when he's got a ten. I agree with you. For three months of Patrick Kane, uh, at a what are you going to get for him? At a prorated rate. So. At a prorated rate, yeah, sure. Maybe yeah. to a You're not going to get the value. Half, half often you can still eat a, a mill or two. You're not going to get the value get that you would if you approach him in the offseason and say, hey, we're, we're going to rebuild. I know We'd like you to move on. Well, no, yeah. for sure. Um, for sure. I mean, I hey, if they can do it in the offseason, do it in the offseason. I'm just saying that I yeah, do yeah. actually think that he gets dealt and there is a, an actual and return. Leave. And they Kate, I'm with you. I said it a thousand times. I don't, think think he, I don't think he becomes a free agent and leaves on his own. I think he yeah, gets I think Yep. No, Gate. I was say, I was gonna say, like, I, I'm with you because I said back in 2016, I think it was after they got swept by Nashville, that that they should have traded both Taze and Kane and just rebuild the, the sucker. Because they won three cups at that point, it's just like. But they were never going to do that. They were never no. going to do that. No, no, no. Stan Bowman. I mean, he. Yep. This is unacceptable. Blah blah blah. They've First wasted time. six years of these guys' primes, and yeah. now it's not even Jonathan Tate's prime anymore. No, he's over his prime. What? And and I have no inside information on this. This is just what I'm thinking based on the way this organization runs. Is that they offer Jonathan Taves like a four million dollar or three million dollar salary, yep. and he sticks around. That I can see. He's the captain. That I can definitely see. He's like Patrick Kane, though. I think he goes. He walks. I think he walks somewhere to get a chance to win somewhere else. Taves, I don't think he's going to get that chance to go somewhere else. I don't think someone's going to give him the money. He's just going to say, well, you know what? I did the best I could. Here I am. I'm going to ride it out as the captain of the Blackhawks for the rest of my career on a $4 million salary or whatever. I'm comfortable here. My house is is still struggling the way that he is. And he's more or less looking finished, and COVID just destroyed his career. I don't think that he's tradable, period. And I think you're right. He could come back. Maybe you get him on a one-year cheap yeah. deal. But if Kane is still playing at somewhat of a high level, then there's going to be a market for him. Oh, right. For sure. But is he going to want – why would you want to be traded when you could just wait it out and go sign someplace else in the offseason? Because you have a chance to win a Stanley Cup versus staying on a rebuilding team. Some t- people and still don't, get that like free agency move, don't like change. They'll wait until the offseason. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it, it all depends on you know what kind of market there is for him at, at that point. I just don't yeah. know that the, the Blackhawks have the nuts. They don't have the nuts to pull the trigger on something like that. I think they yeah. could, they've gotten this far, and like I said, you can't unscrew that pig. They've got that far down the road with not trading him when they should have for maybe the last two years possibly. Now you're all the way at the end of the line, and now you're just going to let him go for a fraction of what you could have got two years ago? Mm. I think they're just going to ride it out. I really do. I mean, I'm right or wrong. I think they're going to ride it out. Okay, cool. I like it. We got some good opinions on here. We agree to disagree. You know, I do think he'll get traded. I do. I do agree with Jonathan Taves, though. He'll have he could have a, a Kerry Wood like exit where he says, oh, I owe this organization. They stuck with me. So I'll come back for peanuts and then ride off into the sunset. Um. So yeah. is he going to like retire mid like midseason? They're going to pull him out on like a during his shift. He's got to no, I mean, it'll be a Jonathan Taze tour where he tour, you know, tours the NHL yeah. and plays against every team one last time. That and they give him golden like, maybe, so. maybe they, do, they do a one last shift for him midseason. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because I mean, you could sell jer- you could sell Jonathan Taze jerseys, his you know last season 
you know, you could put a patch on. I can, I can yeah. definitely see that. You could put a patch on the jersey. Yeah. Say Taves is like put yeah. like a nineteen so on all the other jerseys. We're definitely under agreement. At some point, Patrick Kane's going to wear a different NHL uniform, and Jonathan Taves probably won't. I think yes. that's where we're at. Okay. Okay, that's good. And even if good. they don't, even if they don't offer Taves something, I think that's when he retires. Yeah. He could and, and maybe he'll retire after this year for all we know. He might be maybe. like that was really hard. Yeah, I'm I'm still beat up, I'm still banged up, I've done everything I can. It's not we'll open a PR firm yeah. after that. Yeah. <laughs> put him on LTIR for the year and still know, put a microphone in front can, of him. Yeah. Hopefully we could bury him in the tiny arena in Phoenix. <laughs> for goodness sakes. I don't know the, the NHL. Gary, Gary Batman in Phoenix. Will you guys please figure it out and go somewhere? It is just not working. Anyway. All Good right. City. Well, that's all we got tonight, folks. Good stuff. Gate, welcome back. Thanks, um, guys. Yeah, good to see you. Um, one last shout out to our sponsor, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H. C-K-Y and all caps.com. Use discount code. Yeah, it's right above that finger. See, he's hitting the C. Use discount code the rink all caps. 10% off. 100 bucks free t-shirt. How about that, folks? Spend 100 to get a beauty t-shirt. Anyway, puckhockey.com. Thank you very much. Good to see you all. On behalf of the gatekeeper, Trump Fitzgerald Bardo. All have a good night. We will see you next week, and we'll talk more Hawks, and we'll talk more Hawks. Take care, folks.